So I don't know um, if you guys realize this, but I've been working really hard trying to clean my house because these two random dudes are coming here this weekend to hang out. And oh, I hate random my, dudes. Yeah, random yeah. dudes. I'm just kidding. You guys are coming. And so I've been I've been trying to tidy up the shop and tidy up. And it's funny because when you get here, you'll be like, oh, wow, you tidied up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it looks just like I, a video. I can tell because <laughs> it's still not going to be tidy, but it's going <sighs> to be better than it was. That's the thing. Yeah, we my, my grandma came over to the house yesterday. It's the first time she's ever been here. Um, her caretaker brought her over. And so the day before, we were like sweeping the dead flies off the windowsills and everything, like something we don't <laughs> normally do. And, you know, grandma's not going to notice, but now we yeah. don't have dead flies on the windowsills. <laughs> yeah. If you have three floors, the, the third floor of your house has like hundreds of dead flies in the windows because you never go to it. Second floor has a few in various rooms that nobody goes in. Yeah. So the higher you go up, the more dead flies are on the windowsills. I can attest to that. <laughs> That's funny. I wonder, how do they get in? They, 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 the they, they hatch in the house. That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So yeah, you guys are coming uh, to hang out here this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting my. Ready. Uh, I'm getting. I'm getting my. My project is is pretty tight. Pretty tight. How are you guys doing on your project? I'm. Um. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. It'll. It'll be done, but I don't have. I won't have any relaxing time before I leave Friday. Mm. Mine is close. Yeah. Um. I'm maybe halfway done. I've got most of the pieces ready. I just have to put it all together. And I was teasing you guys earlier that mine's going to have moving parts to it. So there's always the possibility that something won't move like it's supposed to move, which would make it, (laughs) of course, (laughs) a problem. But, you know. Did you guys know, and I hope I'm not speaking out of school here, Chad Chad and Bernie are going to be there? No. I mean, Derek might stay in the Airbnb. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Sweet. I don't know if they're going to have an Airbnb as long as. So Derek and I are going to leave here tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, Thursday? Mm, so we're going to spend yes. the day driving tomorrow, kind of like a leisurely drive. And then uh, on Friday, I have to meet up at, with a young girl named Rachel at the printing department at the college. And we're going to make sure that the Heidelberg works because we're going to run the Heidelberg during the Maker Fair. Cool. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how close the Heidelberg is to the activity. I haven't seen the layout, but Larry, this was Larry's idea. So I'm going to, I made a print block last night. What's the footprint of this thing? The Heidelberg? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a printing press. It's like, uh, you need like around four foot square working area around, maybe like five foot square area around it. How are they but getting it, it there? It's, it's super heavy. The, they have one there, but they never oh, it's ran. it's there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They have one. The printing department was gifted one with all the equipment for it and, let, and the typeface and everything, although I made my own block. And they, no one's ever turned it on. And we Mm. were just talking about like administrations and bottlenecks before we started recording. The woman there told me that she had a very difficult time getting the electric to that area with budgets and people in charge deciding how to do this simple task of putting a 220 volt near that area. And so she said it's out for a while and then they finally got the plug there and then everyone's too afraid to turn it on because nobody has instructions on how to use it. And so I'm going to go there and make sure that everything's there. She, we did a little quick video tour. It looks like it's a complete unit and everything looks like it seems to be working. But when I get there, we're going to try and set it up so that on Saturday we could run the machine and show people how it works. 
That's cool. So, Very cool. Gonna have that. And then I don't know if either of you know this. She said there's a little like maker event. There's like, do you guys know how Maker Fair always has like the Friday night hangout? Apparently mm-hmm. they're gonna do that for this Louisville thing. I don't know who will be there, but she's she was under the understanding that the Louisville Maker Fair started Friday night. She's like, oh yeah, and she read something to me. I'm like, oh yeah, that's just for the creators that are usually. And she's like, oh, I didn't realize. That. I thought it was the fair started Friday night. So there's going to be a little thing, I think, according to the thing she read out loud. What time is that? Uh, I'll find out more information, and I'll, I'll actually email with Rachel today and find out more. But it's like 6 to 8 or something. It's just like probably like a, hey, what's going on? Okay. Who's hanging out? What's going on kind of thing. Josh is on the, the kind of planning board for the oh, Josh Fair. would know. Yeah, so he might have that schedule. I can get to you guys. But anyway, the thing that we, we didn't really say what we were talking about. Oh, yeah. This is the Louisville Maker Fair. Is coming up this weekend. So when this show comes out on Friday, the fair is the next day on Saturday. So you probably missed it if you're listening. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, But uh, these guys are coming to my neck of the woods, and we're going to record a live podcast on a stage in a room. On Saturday. You gave away your live podcast recording mobile fold-up station thing. (laughs) That's true. I did. (laughs) Yeah, we're actually going to bring our roadcaster, which is the same thing we use to record uh, locally here. And it was the same thing that I built into that case. We're going to bring that and try to use that to record um, while we do our live show. Cool. That live show is going to be at 3 o'clock. Oh, cool. By the and way, are, we gonna be, so. are we going to be in the location of First Build, or, or are we going to be somewhere different? It's somewhere different. This year, the Maker Fair is at the Student Center, Student Activity Center, I think. Okay. And uh, I think it's close, but it's not the same building. Or it's right. not, and it's going to be inside instead of outside, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a little bit different. And the, the stage is called the Red Barn. That's all I know about it. So I think that's just the name of the, the room that we're going to be in talking. So at 1 o'clock, uh, me and some of the team from I Like to Make Stuff, we're doing kind of like a panel you know, Q&A thing with anybody that's around, and then we'll do our show at 3. And I think the fair goes on until 5 or 6 that day. It's just on Saturday. So if you're in town, uh, if you you know, if it's not too late, come hang out with us. That would be cool. Yeah. How What's our time slot? Is it 3 to 4, 3 to 5? Yeah, 3 to 4. 3 okay. to 4, I believe. Yeah. It's 3 to 8. So we have a five-hour window where we have to record. I can fill it. I can fill it. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 are we gonna are we gonna do anything particular on live or will we brainstorm up something when we get there just like we often do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll probably figure it out when we get there. <laughs> but yeah. it, I mean, if we have a live opportunity, would we do some questions? I guess is really my bigger. Yeah, I would think curiosity. so. That's I always. So. Fun. I hope there are people there because if you know not, what we could then do we could ask each say, other questions. Yeah, right. That's I hope there's people there. These <laughs> events usually these these uh, ancillary maker fairs usually don't draw a big crowd, but. If there are people there, we could we could have question cards and have people fill them out. Those are always fun. Instead of oh, kind of snarling people up with a mobile microphone, we could just have people fill out question cards, and then it'd be fun to go through them. That's a good idea. Because then people could yeah. then people would write questions they would be too afraid to ask live. Yeah, and we could have them do that while we're doing the first part of the recording, and then gather yeah. all those up. Yeah, yeah. that's a great that's idea. Good. Yeah, okay. you're hired, Conan <laughs> from watching Conan. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's coming up this weekend, and I'm excited just to have you guys here. We're working on our collaboration, which I have to say, and I've probably already said this, I've definitely thought it, this has the potential to be one of the ugliest things ever created. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe two-thirds of it. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, each of us is of like, it. my part's going to be the good looking part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, you know, my brother always says, as an actor and a comedian, give them what they want. And that's what I just did. I just give them what people expect, <laughs> give them what they want. <laughs> Taylor always says it about me. She's like, you're a human action figure. Just give people what they expect. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I don't mean that, like, any of our individual parts are going to be ugly. I just mean that none of us know what the... Well, we kind of know what Jimmy's making because right. he gave it away. But we're not supposed to know what the other ones are making. So right. we don't know aesthetically how it's going to look. And I think they're all going to be very, very different. As is that you put a doily on top and a flower <laughs> pot, it'll tie the whole <laughs> thing <true>. together. <laughs> I just... The whole, the whole metaphor I keep thinking of is the Peanuts the cartoon. Yeah. It's like three dudes and one of them is is pig pen and i'm pig pen that's just like that's the <laughs> metaphor i just picture when these three parts come together i'm pig pen that's all how are we It'll attaching be... everything together is it like just kind of silicone together yeah no i can use i have a question so. for you guys and i'm still in this process we have the 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 three inch rim around the outside do you have a three inch rim on the inside to attach it to the other i i house? did i did a full like okay. three inch pie shape three okay. inch pie i shape. think that's what i'm doing too but you could i mean you could make i, I you could make your thing i had a, a moment where i was going to have my objects uh, my my imagery bleed as if it's a piece of an existing table so i started that but i didn't really continue with that so what i'm making is is like as if like my whole section was cut from a bigger giant piece mm. but i didn't really follow suit i that was my original idea, and I was like kind of partway into it. I'm like, oh, I forgot that's what I wanted to do. Hmm. I kind of, I, 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 you'll see what I mean. I'll explain <laughs> it when we're together. <laughs> but the idea was I was conscious of my neighbors, and that my <laughs> neighbors that. need to be as, my neighbors a neighbor. need to be glued together. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Keep the mystery going. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it turns out. It'll be fun either way. It's not for um, us. I mean, we don't have to keep it, so it's all good. That's true. Yeah, yeah we get to be done with it. Is. I just hope I got my dimensions right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's basic math. We should tell people what we're doing because we're like talking around it. We're making yeah, a table. We're making a table. A side uh, table, Jimmy like came an with end the table. Idea. Yeah, a circular 24-inch table. And so we cut that into thirds. We're, well, we didn't cut it into thirds. We're making a third <laughs> of it. Right. So the danger is that even though it's basic math and we sh- should all be able degrees. to get it. I still degrees. feel like, wait, 100 and what? I'm just kidding. I still kind of feel like I probably did something wrong. Or I keep thinking the same thing. That's why I guys sent you yeah. guys a picture of like my start. I'm like, this is what we're thinking, right? This is what we're thinking. <laughs> I will say this. The outside shape of mine is being cut on a CNC. Mine will be Ooh. exact and perfect. So any old school. Yeah. So uh, I, I will take no blame. <laughs> I went string and pencil. So we'll yeah, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I did string and pencil, and then I was like, "No, I should probably like make a piece of wood and do the compass that way, so that it doesn't stretch, or I don't, you know." So oh, yeah. it's mine. Well, to be honest, uh, I, the only thing laying around was the Harbor Freight compass in that part of oh. the shop. So, so it's if it's like wrong, it's Harbor Freight's fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Starrett stuff was all in the machine shop. Yeah. Well, I hope it works out. It's either way, be just fine. We can glue anything together. That's true. So I picture I picture one piece at a time. The car. Have you ever seen the actual one piece at a time? Johnny Cash car. Yeah, we talked about yeah. the song a few months ago. Oh, yeah. It's it's a car with 
20 years of different Cadillac parts glued together because the guy worked at a Cadillac plant and he stole parts one at a time. And then when he finally came time to put them together, he forgot that they were, everyone was a different year. So he puts them all together. And, and so the, there are car nuts that have made the one piece at a time Cadillac and it's just every different part. And obviously nothing looks cohesive. So yeah. we're going to have the one piece at a time table. <laughs> and we're going 24 inches high, right? Because I only have today to fix my leg. Yes. Uh, yeah. I haven't done the leg yet. I got to do that. I was actually thinking about making the leg a little bit long and then trimming it once we get the whole table put together just to make sure that. Mm. Yeah. See, I can't do that because mine's a recycled piece of machinery. Mm. That's why. So you're going to have to be as long as my leg, exactly. <laughs> That's why I was going like, to make it longer. And maybe cut it mine could be a little no, this is, Here's a funny thing. Like if we mess up, if we mess up our heights, let's say we're all, this is like within a quarter or a half inch discrepancy of the heights, we could perfectly level each one of our sections. So that, let's say, you know, wherever it is in space, like if mine's too low, oh. mine's too low, yours is too high. You know, that could be funny too. It'd give it more of that texture. Mm. Mm. Bad, character. We're just we call, call that character. <laughs> <laughs> well, Instead of gluing the face, we could we could all glue three all three pieces of pie shape face down on something completely flat, glue it together, and then stand it up, and then it'll yeah. tilt one direction. That's kind of what I was figuring. That might be better. It, it doesn't have to be like you know parallel to the ground, the top of the table. It could <laughs> it could mm-hmm. be at an angle. <laughs> and then we could put like a laser cut coaster under the leg that's too short. <laughs> <laughs> A little CA glue to keep it in place. Well, it'll be interesting to see either way. Well, what have you guys been working on other than our, our table project? Yeah, that's well, I've it. I've been working on that. I, I'm doing the, the worst job possible. Uh, I, I sheetrocked a room in the last Ooh. couple. Of, I haven't really shown too much about it. I hate showing construction stuff because it invites all the know-hows and the, know, the know-it-alls. So me and my brother and my friend Mike, the fireman, we... we Insulated and sheetrocked the room at my house, which is something I'm so glad I don't have to do for a living. But uh, it is satisfying doing a nice spackle job, which I was always pretty good at spackling. And so I've been doing that and sanding overhead. And it's there's nothing like yeah. there's nothing like a full body workout than to, to haul a truckload of sheetrock, install it, and then tape that room. It's a 15 by 15 by 8 foot high room. And, and man, that is unbelievable workout so when we did our kitchen um that was all new drywall and we drywalled the ceiling as well and it's a big room like uh and we put up the i'm wanting to say quarter inch maybe an eighth inch drywall it was like the thinnest we could possibly get because we were just covering the textured ceiling and trying to get it smooth right. and i can't remember how many sheets went up there but it was a lot and that sanding overhead was miserable and so I ended yeah. up getting one of those, um, it's like a, a sander on an arm. It's made just for too. that. Did you yeah. get one? Yeah. I bought one, yeah. And I think they. Uh, I think we bought the extra heavy model for the workout. <laughs> oh, it's like a yeah. 1090X workout with it at the same mm-hmm. exact time. Did you get yeah, that one? Yeah, I probably. It's very, very heavy. Yeah, it almost feels like it's not quite worth it, except that, you know, you can, st- instead of standing on a chair or on a ladder or whatever, you're just standing yeah. on the floor. So that makes it a little bit more comfortable, but... That's one of those I, things, you'll use it that one time, and then it's just this big, weird, floppy thing with extra long <laughs> cables that you're just going to have to like figure out how to store somewhere. And the dust bag is just full of like powdered death. It's like, yeah. you just you should just like cut the hose and throw the whole bag away and buy a new one. To try and empty that thing is just it's incredible. But I, I find it easier and a little bit more gentle 
to just use i have that and we've tried it a couple times and and i just the whole time i'm getting tangled in the cord and the hose is going and this the minute you don't keep it suction cup to the wall you fill the room with a cloud of puff because it's sucking and blowing at the same time and i just have the like four by eight inch velcro sanding pad on the end of a broomstick and that works great and that's just you just go zick 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 you're getting a good physical workout even though you're not really wanting it, but you can't avoid it. And you just nice, gentle strokes on the, the surface you're trying to get smooth and clean. And that's what I find is a little bit more relaxing. And I have all kinds of fans blowing everything out the door. And, of course, I'm wearing a fresh new bandana on my face. <laughs> bandana filtration? Yeah. Perfect. New one. Mm. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Got to be safe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I've been doing that, and my Buddha head is here. I don't, I don't think I'm going to have a video prepared for this weekend, but the Buddha head is pretty close. It's ready for paint. I got a, a little annoyed with that whole job, so I just ignored it for a couple of days. Mm. But, yeah, it's, it's coming back on track. I think after we're done, I might, I might paint it today. And that's it, and the boat is moving along. I'm closing up. I'm, I'll probably, within the week, close up one side of the bottom. You, you, the way you, you add this, the strips Oops. as you close up the bottom, you get close to the bottom, and then you go past the middle from one side, cut everything straight, and then bring the other side to that straight center line down the middle of the bottom. So I'm, I probably today I got about four more strips to close up the bottom, and the strips get progressively smaller and easier as you get to, because you end up with that tiny, small football shape in the middle of the bottom of the boat. So I'm pretty close to that. So that that makes putting the strips on fast. And that's it. I, I did my restoration of my old silver Chevy, which was fun. It was a, a video I've been wanting to make for a couple of years. I finally got that out the door. And I have like four or five videos unedited on the computer. And I might edit something on the road. I'll see. I'll see if I can edit something while we drive because Derek will probably do most of the driving. We'll see. We'll see what goes. But yeah, moving along. It's, I'll tell you a quick story. The other day, I didn't feel well. I didn't really feel well at all. And I was really started to get a little nervous. And then I spoke, uh, Taylor encouraged me to go to urgent care, which is something I never do. So on Sunday, I went to urgent care. And they tested my blood and a couple of other things that come out of your body. And they said, you might have kidney stones Ooh. because of the pain I was feeling. And the leth- it was very lethargic. I, I, I was trying to sand, and in between sanding, I kept laying down and taking naps. And uh, didn't have COVID. And they sent me to the emergency room. So for the first time in 12 years, I sat in an emergency room and for about four hours. But during those four hours, of I got tested. I got a CAT scan of my whole abdomen. It turns out I do not have uh, kidney stones. And it turns out I don't have anything else either, which is good. You know, you go in for the CAT scan, you're like, all right, lay it on me, doc. How much yeah. time do I have to live? And I was okay. So I got a, a good bill of health. I just had a, they, I had, they said I had like a urinary tract infection or something like that. And I'm already better. I already have been taking medication. So it was just a minor scare, but I was fully available to confront whatever was coming my way. So there was a few minutes there where we were in the emergency room and Taylor just kept insisting, hey, we're here. This is going to be the best thing to find out if there's anything wrong. But the urgent care was nervous that I might have kidney stones based on my symptoms. And 
But it turns out I was okay. So it was, it was a little nerve-wracking for a minute. And like I said, the first time I'd been in an emergency room and since I cut my finger. And it's crazy. This is crazy. And, you know, I, every time I'm in that situation, which I haven't been in many times in my life, I just can't believe the, the, the generosity of nurses and doctors to, like, want to yeah. do that. It's just yeah. unbelievable to me that people want to get that intimate with somebody that they don't know just to make sure they feel better. And like that is a job you don't – I think some, some people might pick it for the money but then realize they're in it for you know, a different type of reason. But that is a type of job, being a doctor or, or somebody that works in an emergency room or being a nurse, it's just it, – it, you do it because you, you, you love the human race and it's just, you know, it's just crazy that people want to do that. And thank, thankful for that. I'm thankful mm-hmm. for that. So yeah, that's it. Absolutely. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. I'm on medication now. They gave me a couple pills to take, and and I'm already feeling better. I got my I, the next day. I got my energy back, and it's just, it's really true. You know, a couple friends of mine are having some tests done, trying to figure out what's going on, and and it's it's so true that if you got your health, you got everything. You know, the minute you feel like you're immobile or you, everything's out of your control because you haven't taken care of something, or you know something has happened to you beyond your anybody's control, it's just. It's crazy. You know, if you have your health, you have everything. So I'm thankful for that. Excellent. Sorry to get so serious. but No, that's part of life, man. But I'm glad it turned out to be nothing. Yeah, but it was a mini scare, but it's okay. And like I said, I was fully confronting it head on, even though I did not want to do it. I was fully prepared to ignore everything and just mm-hmm. sleep it off and be like, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. Which I would have been if I had taken the gamble. But you know, once you have a Taylor's had a, a relatives with with stones, and she said it's not it's not cool. You got to get it checked. Yeah, I've known people in the past who have had kidney stones, and I, you know, some people will pass them. They just have to drink a lot of water, and it's painful, and it's, it sounds like something I would never want to have to go through. But then I've known some other people who have they've been so big that they're impassable, and they have to do like the ultrasonic thing where they oh, actually. Yeah. They break them up inside, and then they have to pass them. So instead of passing one, they're passing, like, a bunch yeah. of them. Ugh. Well, I said to the nurse at the urgent care, I was like, how serious is that? She's like, well, uh, could be serious. Could be. <laughs> I go, well, like, how do you fix it? She, she didn't say this, the ultrasonic, which is something I remembered after we spoke. She's like, well, sometimes it requires surgery, but, you know, it's it's – pretty routine i was like oh man i don't have time for surgery i gotta finish mm. the buddha head you know it was the first thing I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway that all, all turned out well it's interesting stuff like that you know even if it turns out to be nothing the peace of mind of knowing what it is yeah. Yeah. whether it's something or not that peace of mind of just knowing what you're up against i think probably matters i think it does a lot more for at least me then I think about it ahead of time. And I, if I tend to ignore yeah. something that's hurting and just kind of like put up with it, there's always that thing in the back of your mind. It's like, well, is this a big deal and I'm just being stubborn or is it something that I'm just going to, I'm getting old and like, you know, this thing hurts and so I just got to like put up with it. But I think actually knowing what you're up against and what it's going to take to fix it, even if it takes a long time, uh, makes it easier yeah. for me. But. Yeah, I was, I, this is another scarce. This is 10 years ago. 12 years ago, I, I had 
a toothache. So I went in for a toothache. At the same time, I was going to get this other toothache on the other side. Not a toothache. I was going to get a sinus lift. And I've talked about this. I actually talk about it on the next podcast that I do with Eric and Andrew. But so I had a full skull scan. And the doctor's like, you have something over here like under your eye, like in your skull. I was like, what? He's like, there's a mass or something. And, I, and at the same time, I was having a toothache. After all is said and done, after months of me worrying, what the image was in my skull, right where I'm touching under my eye, is a tooth that never came down. Is a wisdom tooth that's in my skull. So he mm. saw that, but the tooth next to it had a toothache. So with this thing that's in my sinus cavity or in my, in my cheekbone of my skull, which is a tooth that never showed itself, and the pain at the same time, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to be the elephant man. Half my face is going to be removed fully prepared to wear a plastic mask for the rest of my life. You know, like, this is, like, what's going on in my head. And the right scan showed the doctor's like, oh, that's just a tooth. That's just a tooth that's common, that tooth sometimes don't, teeth don't always come to where they're supposed to, and that's nothing. And, oh, by the way, you need a root canal on that other tooth, and you'll be fine. After the root canal, everything was said and done. But it was months of me worrying. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned it to somebody, and they're like, oh, yeah, oh, man, my cousin he had like a grapefruit growing in his sinus cavities. Oh yeah. Oh, they had a like. Op- I'm like, I don't yeah, don't hear do that. that. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't tell me that right now. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you worry yourself sick. <clears throat> anyway, knowing is better than not knowing. Sure. <clears throat> Moral of the story. Jimmy, do you remember last week when we were talking about Chris Rock just showing up at the local comedy club and doing a, yeah, doing yeah. a set? Seller. Um, and then could you imagine being the next local amateur comic to follow that? That would be pretty <laughs> tough. So we just got done yeah. talking about a whole bunch of serious stuff. And now I have to tell you what silly things that I'm, I'm working on. <laughs> no, you got to. I, I was going to lead you with like, hey, David, what's wrong with you? you were- <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. Uh, I, I think I'm very healthy and I'm, and I'm doing well. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Good, um, yeah. So this week I'm working on, I'm working on two tables. They're two. The weird thing is they're two 24 inch diameter side tables. One is for wow. the making it podcast. And then the other one is for this video that'll be out in a few weeks. Um, but both of them have to be done before I leave Friday morning because they, there's a sponsor of that other table. They want the edit for that. Vi- the, the, the video edit is due on monday and so that means i have to have that video done before i leave so that's uh that's kind of like why i have no free time between now and when i leave in the morning on friday but um i think my my table's coming out pretty good i had to do a lot of uh testing first which takes up a lot of time and then like okay that works now let's Let's do it on the actual project. So I have some, I think I will have some test pieces that might give away, I might be able to give away uh, at the, at the maker fair on Saturday. Hmm. So if you see me say, Hey, do you have any of those making a table test pieces? And uh, I'll give them away. And then cool. um, I bought a lava lamp. I've never owned a lava lamp, but I, yeah, I, lava lamps are cool. I was at Target and I saw they have a bunch of lava lamps there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that looks kind of cool. But they didn't have the color I want. So while at Target, I ordered one on Amazon with the colors that I want. And I'm going to build this big – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gut it and then I'm going to build it into this bigger structure. 
uh, kind of, it's, it's almost like a sculpture, but maybe a functional sculpture with like a drawer or two. And it's going to be big. And it's just going to be one of those, like I'm taking this one thing and then turning it into another thing. So that is the, that's some of the silly stuff that I'm working on. Awesome. Um, I, sorry, I'm measuring a thing that's in front of me that I remembered I was supposed to measure and I never did. Um, I've been working on the table the last couple of days and, uh, really just haven't been doing quite as much over the last week since we got back from California, because when, while we were out there, we shot so much stuff. Like we, we have, except for the, the table video with you guys, we have all of our content shot out until the middle of October, I think, which was like awesome. So cool. I, I mean, I, we have a lot of editing to do. We, I say we, meaning not me. I have other people that have a lot of editing to do. Um, but it feels really cool to actually have, you know, so much stuff in the can waiting to be put out in from one perspective that feels really good because I feel like I can slow down a little bit, but then I know if I slow down, that time is just going to disappear and then I'm not going to have any kind of a lead and I'm not going to have that in case I need it, you know, time. Um, so after I finish this, uh, the table with you guys, I'm going to jump right into the next thing and just try to keep, you know, rolling, but at a more comfortable pace. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm into. The stuff I'm working on next is really cool, but I don't. I think we talked about it in the after show last week. Um, so I'm I'm working on that thing that I don't really want to talk about here yet, but it involves a whole bunch of new little processes, and so I'm getting to do some like molding and casting, and some machining, and some uh, etching, some PCB etching, and so there's a bunch of different new things that I am excited to try over the next couple of weeks. So. That's pretty cool. And I'm You're excited like to actually PC. have time to try them and not you know, not rush through them. Somebody left a comment, and this is not a complaint about comments. Somebody left a comment on our, um, our four-player arcade cabinet that we did recently. And the comment was like, I don't look at comments anymore, but I happened to glance at it and I read this one. And it said, you know, I, I really like what you all do. This is not, I'm not a troll. This is, I just have some feedback for you, whatever. And, and I can't remember exactly how he said it, but basically it was like, I really like the thing overall, but I'm, I noticed that in a lot of the close-up shots, you know, you're sinking screws too far or you're cracking the melamine or you're, you know, there's little cracks on your cuts that could have been avoided if you had put tape on and different little things like this. He said something to the effect of, I, you're going too fast or like, you know, faster than you used to and you're not, not being as clean. And he was absolutely right. So the reason I, I bring this up is because it was the, I've felt that over the past, whatever, you know, we're just having, we always talk about the pace and having to keep up and having to like do yeah. things all this time. And it's, it slips into the amount of attention I put into each little thing because I'm looking at the big overall thing and I can see it, but I don't know if it's obvious to other people. We don't hear about it very much, but it was interesting to hear that somebody outside noticing those little, that slippage. 
And I mean, ultimately I was making a thing for me in my own office. And so it doesn't really matter whether, you know, the quality is up to somebody else's standard or not. But it was interesting to hear somebody else's observation of, I can tell that you're rushed. And Mm -hmm. so it's outside of that, I was already looking at this next project and these new things that I get to test out and thinking like, I really don't want to have to rush through machining this piece. Like I want to figure out how to do it the right way, not get it done for the video. And the same thing for the molding and casting and the same thing for the PCB. And, you know, this is like stuff I want to explore. And I don't know, I don't think I've talked with you guys about this and this is not what we were going to talk about at all, but since we're here, um, we are making a, in this next video that we're putting out, which actually will be out before this show, it's, we made a thing from Mark Rober. And in that video, I did like just a straight to camera, okay, look, here's the deal, like to the viewers, because uh, I am tired of of trying to keep up with the algorithm. I'm try- mm-hmm. tired of trying to figure out what adjustments I can make to my projects to make them more searchable. I've been all of the, if anybody hasn't noticed. <laughs> well, it's like, it's, I'm it's still this operating weird, like it's 2013. It's this weird thing. Like, you know, I mean, I have, I have, uh, salaries to cover. I have, you know, people who are relying on me and stuff like that. So you can't just, I, I can't just be like, ah, screw it. I'll just do whatever I want. And, Money will show up because that's not how economies yeah. work. Um, but at the same time, hearing – I've been feeling for a long time that, like, I am I feel like I'm not doing the things that I – the way that I want to do them. You got something, David? I'll, I'll let, finish your thought. Finish your thought. Okay. I just – I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm always in a hurry and I'm – I'm trying to finish something to get to the next thing because I know that I have to have something for next week. And even when I do that, we put up videos out and sometimes they just don't get shown to people. Sometimes people don't like them. I get that. Like I don't expect everybody to like and want to watch everything I do, but I know sometimes they just don't go out to people. And so, you know, to work at that pace and then not to have a payoff, like a literal payoff uh, is you know, it just takes the wind out of your sails over time. And so basically in this last video that we did, it's just a straight to the people watching, look, if you like what we do, I want to get away from like trying to keep up with everything. If you like what we do, please support us directly. We're going to do fewer ads. We're going to do less sponsorship stuff, whatever it takes, if we can rely directly on you. And if a small percentage of the people watching supported us a little bit, then we would have more than we need to pay salaries and just to, to be able to do more. I have a bunch of projects that I've wanted to do that are just too big. They take too long and I can't fit them into a weekly schedule. Um, and so they just never get done. And that feels like I'm not doing what I came here to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, if I have a big a, thing that I care about. Act. Yeah. And so anyway, all of that to say, I'm at a point now where we're just, we're trying to take that step into uh, more direct support through Patreon and through YouTube membership. I want to be able to, if it's, you know, if it's 5,000 people that want to see what we do and I want to get that video directly to that 5,000 people. And if that's all it is, fair enough, but I want to be able to get the thing to the people that want to see it. 
and be responsible to them, not to like, you know, if we have the right keywords and if we have the right whatevers. And I'm just kind of tired of that. I want to make stuff the way I want to make it. So, so yeah. um, maybe this will help. Uh, I don't think I've talked about this publicly, but I have, uh, I'm just now wrapping up like a eight week course with a, with, with like a YouTube coach. It's Daryl Eves. He's like Mr. Beast's analytics guy. And you're going to notice a drastic, maybe not drastic, but you're going to notice a change in the types of videos that I make from here on out. So one of the things he he's talking about growth is don't make videos for search. Whatever you do, don't make videos for search because somebody who searches, this is just for, I'm, this is what I'm applying to me. I'm not saying that you should do this, but when you make a video for search, like how to do blah, 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 that person just goes and gets that information and then they leave. But if you make a video for suggested or a video that uh, um, is, is, just shows up on somebody's homepage and they connect with that, then they subscribe your channel grows and whatever. So if you're make so like forget about keywords, forget about make titles that make people click, make thumbnails that make people click, but then ultimately make videos that get people to want to watch more. Right. And so they connect with you and not the project. So um, this is something that I'm, and I'm, and I'm working on, and I, 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 I really, I wasn't going to say this publicly, but my, my last three videos, I have removed all how to language. There's, there is no, okay, next I'm going to do this and I'm going to use this tool because blah, 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 blah. I am just making, I'm making projects that are more entertaining and, uh, and more and projects that I want to do instead of what I think the the woodworking audience wants. And so because I'm making things that I want to make, I'm actually having more fun. That is why I did the big piano restoration and um, uh, it turned, uh, well, the, just the last couple of videos. And that's why, it's why I, I bought a lava lamp so I can turn this lava lamp into the sculpture. And I feel like if I'm making the projects that I want to make instead of what I think the algorithm or what the woodworking community wants to make, I'm going to have more fun People are going to connect with that and my audience is going to grow. So if I can give you any advice, forget about the search stuff and just look at what you want to do and grow that audience because they want to see what Bob is going to make next. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And and I don't think I'm creating projects for search, but I think from week to week, the things that we do are different enough that it's like, well, how do I try to well, I've already done the idea. I've got the video. How do I get it in front of people? And that's where we're like, okay, well, I mean, like, you know, we spend all this time. What's the best word to use in the title here to grab somebody's attention? Or, you know, because if it doesn't grab the first wave of people's attention, then their particular personal algorithm says like, well, if you didn't like this one, you probably won't like their next one, or you won't like these other similar things or whatever. I don't, you know, there's a bunch of mechanics to that. And so I don't think we've been changing or or starting new projects uh, for search or for the algorithm, but we're trying to figure out how to best take advantage of that system to get things in front of people. And it's it's like an unknowable system. It's like a, 
I mean, we could try, but I get no feedback on whether what we try is there's just too many factors, you know, like, I don't know if like, did that word I put in the title, was that the thing that made people watch it? Or was it the fact that it was a blank? Who knows, you know? And so when basically you, when you see, when you see shorts and it's like a guy opening a bottle cap, like some weird way. And you look and it's got 800,000 views. You just say, there's no rhyme or reason to anything. Well, nothing. this doesn't seem to be any, I mean, unless you're giving away $10,000 at the supermarket, <laughs> There <laughs> doesn't seem to be any any way to to ride the to ride the dragon. Well, so the the point in saying all this up in it. all this stuff for me is the thing I'm saying is I don't want to fight that dragon anymore. Right. Yeah, that's why I gave up. I mean, I just I'm just doing things exactly the way I've been doing them. If I get a few thousand people who just like what we do for us and like what we do for what it is, not how it's presented or not how it's you know thumbnailed or whatever and if we can connect deeply with that smaller number of people and if they are willing to make you know help us support us in a way that we can like pay salaries and stuff if that's all it is and if all the other numbers go down so be it i'm, I'm good with that that's fine and so that's kind of the step that we're trying to make and it may not work there may not be that kind of support the people may not have the money to do that type of thing you know i don't know um but I, I want to have, I want to not be in such a hurry that other people are calling out my hurriedness. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm not doing this based on that comment, but it was really interesting. We've been timing making this right. shift for, yeah, the timing was right to, to like reiterate what I was already feeling. And so mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad, you know, he said that because he said it in a very nice way too, but um, anyway, so that's that's what we're doing. And the only reason I brought all that up was because I get to experiment over the next couple of weeks with some new processes. And I can take my time with awesome. it. Awesome. And I'm really excited right. about that. I think it's, that's very yeah. cool. So, yeah. I think, you know, you just um, – I haven't watched uh, the mobile studio for Pat Flynn yet. But I know he's talked about in the past of, like, if you can just get 500 people to – give you $10 a month, I mean, you're making $5,000 a month. Like you don't need, and I don't want to make this about money, but you don't need millions of followers to do what sure. you want to do. You just need a core audience to, that believes in you and you give them yeah. value. And that's, that's almost better, right? right? Because then you are, you're communicating with a smaller group of people who are more invested in you. And yeah, I mean, that almost seems like the, the better case scenario than just like imagine you had just millions and millions of people, random people from all walks of life who didn't really care, but they were around, they clicked the button for free and now they're, they're giving you feedback all the time or they're requiring things of you. I mean, that's just like a lot to try to handle, Mm -hmm. but yeah, a few hundred people who really care and are invested and you can be not beholden to them, but you know, you're responsible to them to a certain extent. Like that sounds pretty awesome. So I don't know. We'll see how it turns out either way. Get to make cool stuff. Um, I guess that was what I've been working on. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Uh, we did have kind of a topic. You want to introduce that or anything? Oh, so, uh, sorry. Yeah. I, on Twitter a week or two ago, I posted some topic suggestions and I don't have it in front of me. So I don't remember who said it, but somebody said it was Brandon. Brandon. 
Yeah, Brandon. So thank you, Brandon, for suggesting what would be your ideal uh, maker event. Or uh, I, I don't remember how he worded it. I don't have it in front of me. What would your perfect maker-style conference oh. be like? This is Brandon from okay. uh, Maker Brand. And this is, it's good timing because we're all going to be at an event this weekend. Jimmy's got one coming up in a month, and Bob just went to a big one last week. And I, I – what – I don't have any issues with any of the 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 Make Magazine events that I've had in the past. They've all been super fun, lots of people. But I would like to see, like, one of the greatest things about going to these events is you're meeting people and people are sharing what they're working with. And phones are out. Phones are out and people are flipping through their photos, like, look at this, check out this technique that I did. And, like, there's just a lot of sharing. I would like to see, like... A, a, a table for the community to bring stuff and just share and you don't really have mm. to register or buy space this is just like a community thing where you could bring something and you have a place to just set it down and and show off i would like to see more of that and then you do have maybe you know you have all these other events and talks and people selling the things that they make but I, my favorite thing is just sharing and seeing what other people are doing yeah, I, I agree with that. I think um, this last Silicon that I went to, um, there were a lot of booths where people who it was mostly cosplay um, or some props too, um, or you know people that made their stuff had that their, you know like people like Odin makes and Bill and uh, from Punch Props and SKS Props or a bunch of people that are really really good at what they do, and so you could walk around and see those laid out on a table, but at the same time, like the Comic-Con end of it meant that everybody who showed up in costume, which was a lot of people, they were wearing the thing that they made. That what you're talking about, they were wearing. Mm -hmm. And so you're walking through just crowds of people looking around at every little detail of these, like some are really minimal costumes, some are really elaborate and over the top. And that's pretty cool. I've been to a couple of events like that. I've never been to a Comic-Con per se, but I've been to a couple of events in the city where people showed up fully. Yeah, comic out, and, and and they love to talk about yeah. it. So if you stop me and you're like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like, tell me about your costume. They'll tell you about how they made it, and it's not like you're on the looking at the phone. Like, it's right there. They're wearing it. some big crazy thing, and that was new to me because I've never been to. I've seen people in costume at Maker Fair and stuff here and there, but not in that mass. You know, there were like a lot of costumes. That's where the event so, becomes about the attendees it. and not about some podcasters exactly. talking on stage. Yes. That was actually the thing that I was going to say about um, Ideal Maker events. I feel like a lot of times because, you know, those of us that have online following of any size, we get pushed in front of a bunch of people. I I say pushed. I don't mean mean it like we are being forced to. I mean, we get lifted to some weird pedestal that we shouldn't have. Mm. And and a lot of like, we get put on stages and we get – you know, that stuff where, I, as I think the attendees at most maker fairs and uh, definitely at Silicon, I think the attendees have as much, if not more skill, but they may not put it on display on YouTube the same way, or they may have just not been doing it as long or whatever. And so I think my ideal event is a little bit more of a, of a flattened, just 
every there's no stage, you know, everybody's walking around, everybody's at the same nobody's behind a table. I don't I don't know exactly what it would look like, but I think the mingling of just people because you're people, because you make stuff, I think yeah. that that seems so much I don't more interesting and more like community driven than like a weird yeah, like, and I understand that like you have to have dedicated times for people to talk about things and you have to have panels to cover certain topics and stuff. I'm not complaining about that at all. But I really enjoy the just like the non hierarchical just hang out, show off what you make right. and learn from it's each like other. Six, it's like so sixth grade. Fun. Everybody on Friday brings something to show and tell. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, that's that's what Maker Camp has really become, and uh, what I want to bring a bigger point for these events that we've all been to. One of the most important parts, which I don't think the the designers, it's really more of a logistics thing. One of the most important parts is the actual venue itself, where it is. And if you guys remember the first Workbench Con, it was in this weird old brick factory building, which felt so charming and fun. Bob, you were there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that was felt so much more warm and like makery than being in the basement of a echoey hotel like where 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 like the street sweeper would be parked which was the next one but it be, it became because of size and staying in downtown Atlanta and the last one wasn't so bad it was in a different hotel but the hotels they're just so they're so gaudy that it's like you're being in like you're like in Trump's bathroom it's just some of these hotels are gross and versus now I'm, I'm biased being in an open grassy field with trees around you and tents and chainsaws going and lathes just spinning soot into the air, having fun. And when you go to a maker fair, that is the maker fairs have been pretty good. The one in New York was good, but I, I that there's something just weird and cold and clinical about that that space museum that happens in Flushing. It's just architecture in New York. It's just like, it, it. it's like New York architecture. It's just like a sandcastle at the beach. It's just another drip on top of another drip on top of another drip on top of another drip. And it's just, it's a disaster. Like all New York streets. It's just, it's, it's so to have an affair there, it's just, it was impossible. Every time I had gone, I'd had to take a Vespa 15 miles from my apartment to there because there's no other way of getting to and from there that's legitimately simple. And then San Mateo is cool, but you drive up and there's thousands of cars and you make a wrong turn, you get yelled at by somebody holding a baton and a yellow vest. And like all that spoils these fairs for me. And to have a fair, I, I haven't been to Burning Man in 22 years, but Burning Man or like a maker camp, obviously there's hordes of people that need to be taken care of as far as parking cars and all that other stuff but these big giant venues and events and these big halls where the comic cons take place it's obviously needed because of the gathering but it is the worst part about it for me when i think of the comic con that took place that takes place in new york in new york uh at the jacob javits center i remember the impulse of being like i would love to go to that but it's at the jacob javits center which is this mm. big, cold glass building that's simply just a big glass tent. But you got to go through security. You got to get a badge. You got to talk to a guy with a suit on that just got a job two days ago with a security outfit. And like all that completely washes away my interest in going. 
And when there's more of an outdoor area event and just open tents, that to me is more welcoming, more of like a county fair feeling, mm. which is what Maker Camp is. And I think that's really part of its success is that you're not being like you can go to the total boat booth and then it's not a sales pitch. It's like it is a sales pitch, but a subtle, fun one in the way it's like, hey, have you ever used resin here? There's a cup, there's resin, there's glitter. Have fun. We're making these molds today. Do whatever you want. It's not a hard sell. There's going to be welding at this next Maker Camp sponsored by Lincoln. We've, if anybody's seen Chris Zepp's post, he's calling for teachers. We're going to have just volunteer teachers teaching people four times, five times a day, and in between just freestyle, uh, teaching how to, people how to MIG weld and TIG weld. Uh, Avid's going to have, is that the name of the company, Avid? CNC. Avid CNC? Yeah. Is that the new name or the old name? That's the new name. That's the new name. Uh, Avid's going to have a plasma cutter there demonstrating. And these are the type of things where it, it just, you can see them at, like if, for instance, we were at San Mateo and there's plasma cutting, it's behind a big rope. It's like five feet away. You can't really get close to it. This is going to be a little bit more up close and personal just in general, just because of the the fairgrounds nature of the place. And it just seems a little bit more in touch with the tactile ability of making versus walking yeah. through some arena. Well, the, the, the closed that, arena you know, has to get picked up at the five. The sound o'clock. is just, it, it's the, it's it just makes you want to go take a nap. And those, those fireproof curtains and those aluminum rods and those folding tables, it's just, <laughs> it's like having your grandparents at a rock it's concert. Funny. It's just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like that whole environment makes me not want to go. That's but funny. that being said, I know these organizers have to find a place that can house as many people as they need. But like a big grassy field and just have people get creative with tents. Even if it was half as organized, to me would be more welcoming than walking into the Jacob K. Javits Center in New York and risk getting hit by seven buses and three cabs and getting yelled at by a guy holding a wand with a yellow vest on. Well, I, I do think that, I mean, I agree with you as far as being outside and, and that atmosphere is more what I would prefer. But also looking across the different events that, you know, just looking at Comic-Cons and Maker Fairs and WorkbenchCon and Maker Camp, that spectrum of stuff, <clears throat> there's definitely, uh, there's definitely a, a different audience in a lot of those. So when I think of the Maker Fair stuff, even though I would prefer it to be a more hands-on, let's actually make things, it's maybe not about that. Maker Fair is more about showing off the stuff that people have made, but also introducing, it seems like at least, introducing families, young kids to yeah. like no, the Yeah, no, Maker Fair was it. great. I mean, Maker oh, yeah. Fair really, you know, it, it, I think we each one of us owe a lot to Maker Fair. I'm just saying that Maker Fair has has kind of like one. It's I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it has kind of one audience and one thing. Whereas like Maker Camp is a different audience. Like I wouldn't necessarily expect a bunch of families with young kids to show up there. I'm sure some do. You'd be but, surprised that there is. But a I, lot. I wouldn't expect it to be the same type of like. Oh, this looks like a fun thing to do. We don't have any experience with it. Let's go check it out. You know. Um, whereas WorkbenchCon is more of like an industry thing. It's more we do about blindfolded we, with six-year-olds. We do blindfolded lathe work. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Make a pen. But WorkwitchCon is more of like a an industry, you know, content creator thing. Yeah. So it's more focused about on on that group. Uh, For the, sure. Even within the Comic Cons, you know, there's one that's more movie industry focused. There's one that's kind of toy focused. There's one that's now maker focused. And so I think there's definitely room, you know, for and all the for all these different things. And I guess what we're talking about here is our ideal for us. Um, so I would agree with you that my ideal is probably a little bit more of a, uh, of an outdoor hands-on fair kind of situation. I, I always have like, there's always like three conscious levels going. There's like three conscious levels or four, five levels of consciousness going anytime like you're preparing to go do something. And there's always that underlying level of, of, in my consciousness of like, as a, for instance, I got to go away this week. Me and Derek are going to go away to come see you guys. And in my mind, there's this like, oh, what bag am I going to use? It's not going to break on the airplane. Oh, you're not going on an airplane. Oh, what bag am I going to use? Oh, is this going to be the last time I'm in my shop because I'm going to fly this week? I'm like, wait, you're not flying this week. So I have this like level of consciousness that keeps reminding me of all the mm. negative. Mm. I always, I don't, this, I might be too negative, but every time I fly, I'm always looking around the room like, okay, this might be the last time I'm ever here. I right, make sure everything's put away. <laughs> but when I go to a show like this, I, I, there's always that underlying, it's like, okay, I got to get the attitude. I got to get yelled at by the cop crossing the crosswalk. Mm. I gotta, you know, there's all this buffer of don't bother because of all these. And it's, it's not extremely conscious unless all of a sudden it's, you're reminded of it by almost getting hit by a car or getting caught in some line because you have to go to the bathroom. And, you know, like all these things. I'm just being nitpicky. But there's this whole <laughs> this underlying thing. That, <laughs> that keeps me from wanting to go to these big giant events and i try and put on a big face but when it's a non-traditional thing like how many times did you go to the san mateo fair this has only maybe only happened to me where you walk out to go to your rent a car and you come back and you're like wristband 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 i'm like will you can relax <laughs> i'm not trying to i'm not trying to run past you yeah here's my wristband i'm a speaker away from me you know who I am? <laughs> wristband, wristband, wristband. Mike, Don't relax. you know who I am? I just spray painted Duresta all anyway. over your parking lot. Exactly. <laughs> That's my first impression of Jimmy, was seeing you at Maker Fair. The first time I met you, you had a stencil <laughs> and you were tagging the, the, uh, the asphalt. Yeah. Fairgrounds. It was amazing. <laughs> and at every event and, since then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I do it because there's two people that get sick of it. I'm only doing it for two people. Everybody it was really funny like, when oh. we were at Maker Central in England uh, earlier this year. You can't fly with spray paint, but no. as soon as Jimmy got there, somebody walked up to him with a can of spray paint, and then he had spray paint <laughs> oh, perfect. the entire time. And he was yeah, painting people's shirts. My fingertips are all black and, on my uh, left hand. You could tell because yeah. I just go for broke, and I'm like, I'll clean my hands later. It was really funny. Well, any other thoughts on on like perfect maker event? Well, I hate to say it, but I, I Burning Man w- w- would probably be the 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 best maker event that anybody could experience. But I must say, I get I, I, I get I don't want to curse, but I, I, I get chills when I see the the performance that people put on. Like this, it's. When I went, it wasn't quite as theatrical. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's nice to see people let go, but you see these people become somebody that they're not at 
Burning Man. And it's interesting. I was at 23 years ago, and I'm not a Burning Man guy. I just went with regular clothes. I didn't go with a big giant cape or big bug eye glasses. But it's funny to watch, like, everybody transform for the weekend and then come back and be like, oh, man, you, you know, you don't know what you're missing. It's just funny. Whatever. Yeah. I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I have personal friends that, like, I can't relate to anymore because they went to Burning Man and wore a cape all week. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> Like you could wear a cape in your backyard. You don't have to go two thousand miles to wear a cape. Anyway, all right. Well, I'll uh, I'll thank our Patreon supporters because they're awesome and they allow us to do this show, and they support this show. And they make it possible, which is really awesome, uh, legitimately awesome. So thank you to everybody that helps us out over there. Uh, we have a top group of supporters. Uh, which go above and beyond, and I always want to call them out. Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, You Can Make This Too, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Rich at Low and Designs, Odin Leather Goods, Full Steam Designs, Dad It Yourself DIY, Warren Works, Michael Menegin, and Gretchen Hofer. Uh, but there's a bunch of other people that help us out. Um, some of them are listed in the show notes. Some of them uh, don't get listed, but we are grateful for every single one thank of you, them. Thank you, thank you. And they all get the after show, which is where we talk about secret stuff and yeah. upcoming stuff and stuff and other stuff. So if you want to hear about that stuff, you have to go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't want to hear that stuff, then don't sweat it. <laughs> but the, yeah. you know, either way. But we are very grateful for that support. I have two things to recommend this what? week. Do you guys have things to recommend this week? I have a couple things, yeah. Right. I got to find this guy. I wanted to talk about this guy. This is the, I found this guy. I'll go since I'm already blabbing. I found this guy who's so funny. It, I, I, shorts, I've been watching a lot of shorts, just doing a little research. I'm trying to get into the algorithm of the shorts, completely getting ignored. But this guy's got like millions and millions of views. I joked about dudes with wrenches here last week. Uh, and he's obviously good, but... I'm looking for this guy's name. I screen grabbed him because I know I wouldn't remember his name. There's a guy on all the shorts who looks like, he looks like uh, Izzy and sounds like Izzy. And the guy's very funny because what he does is he, here he is. His channel's name is F-U-N-K-F-P-V. F-P-V, dude and mechanic. That may be his initials. And he sees all these little life hacks and makes fun of them because he's a real practical guy with experience. He looks and sounds just like Izzy. He sounds like he could be Izzy's brother. And that's what caught me. I'm like, what is Izzy doing? I'm like, oh, that's not Izzy. That's the guy that just looks and sounds like Izzy. And his shorts are hilarious. It's like, do you ever see the pair of plies that snaps snaps a wrench in half? He just has like funny way of delivering commentary on how that's not true. And he goes through all these things. And sometimes he'll get them and test them a little bit like AVE. But he's a very funny guy, so... I'm recommending him. And then as far as the podcast goes, check out Dave Bauer has a podcast called Making Problems to Solve, which is cool. His latest episode has Tanda Madison on, which is a great conversation. And um, uh, uh, Tom, The Infinite Maker, and my podcast, I think, is coming out tomorrow, my episode. But Graz has been on. It's been a lot of, a lot of familiar friends and faces that we all know have been on Dave's podcast so far and, and check it out. It's just a simple conversation. Cool. And check out Izzy's long lost brother. He's funny. 
Funk FPV. Mine is, I'm not sure I'm going to say this name right. It's Coca Nicoladze. Um, He's probably more known in the art scene than he is on YouTube. But there is this one, his latest YouTube video, he, it's called Operation Manual for a Stick. And he just has a, a, like a little wooden, looks like a wooden mallet. And then he smacks it on thousands of different things and then makes a song out of it. It's amazing. He also makes his own instruments and does performance art. Um, I just recently discovered him on an art website and then I clicked through, found his website and then I clicked through and found his YouTube. I'm like, this video's only got a thousand views and it's so cool. So, um, that, that's my pick this week. Cool. Okay. You know, I don't know how to spell um, his name. So send in your link. You don't know how to spell his awesome. name cause I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> well, I have two things. Um, and I feel like one of these Maybe you recommended, um, David, I could be wrong about that, but it's the video is called Machining and Molding an Oak Plaque by RTA Fabrication. Did you tell me I about this? I think Jimmy introduced the, him to us and then who was RTA? That? I wasn't listening. R- <laughs> We're about to start recording the podcast, Jimmy. You're around? You ready? Um, RTA Sorry. Fabrication? Oh, then, then it anyway. must have been me. It's amazing stuff beautiful camera work yeah so uh in our discord server somebody posted this video and i feel like i hadn't seen it before um but then uh, the name sounded familiar but anyway this guy makes a he cncs an oak plaque and then it's for a band uh like from uh, some album artwork and they wanted to give some away so he makes this oak plaque where you and then makes it black so you could see the grain but it's you know black painted oak and then he makes a mold of it and then cast several of them in black epoxy or something. I don't remember exactly what he uses. So they look identical. And it's just a really nice-looking video. It's like 20 minutes long, no audio. I mean, no, like, speaking, no music, just him doing the work. But it's shot really nicely. He does a great job of, of like, lighting and color grading and everything. Um and he has kind of an interesting process for making the molds. He ends up 3D printing a mold jacket and then pours the silicone in that and then makes it so the jacket can come apart and he can reuse it and it's rigid and it's it's very cool. It's been so, a few weeks since I've seen that video, to. but from what I remember, it like it, you really get an appreciation for the process because you're not just making a mold yeah. and pouring stuff and that it's like it is a long process to get to the final project and you really see the work yeah. involved. Yeah. Um, the other one is somebody I actually met in California that I had never run across before. But then once we I got to know him a little bit, I I understand like what he's doing and I know I've seen him before. Uh, his name's Ian Carnes. I don't know if you say his last name that way. Sorry, Ian, if you're listening. Um, but Ian was the Ian and Jen Schachter were the hosts of this make-off thing while we were out there. So they gave we had teams of two. They gave us a box of stuff, and then um, we had like an hour to make a thing to solve a problem or to. It was making a costume basically, 
And so they walked around, they were the hosts and they interviewed people and it was like kind of a game show thing that we did in front of people. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and so that's where I met him. But then we got to sit down at dinner one night and talk and he makes awesome stuff. Like he does all this, he has a normal job, but then he makes these things and then gives away or sells them and, and uses, gives the money to charity. Um, but he made like an invisibility cloak and he made, uh, did he really a jetpack roller skates? And we were talking about, um, somehow we got to talking about the hollow lens and he was like, Oh yeah, I made a hollow lens game. And basically he hacked a bunch of go-karts on a track and where everybody wears the AR HoloLens thing, and he made a real-life Mario Kart. So you're driving a cart around, and you can see things that are on the track that are not actually there, but if you run <laughs> over them, your your car will slow down or speed up. And what? <laughs> it's like way over the top. And so we're, we're talking. He was like, yeah, do you have any crazy ideas that you haven't done yet? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a bunch. And so I started telling him about one of them that is, uh, requires a lot of computer stuff and robotic stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is just a little bit of an idea. And so he immediately starts going into, oh, well, we could do it this way, and we could do it this way, and we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And so he has the knowledge um, to make it happen. So I think we actually might end up working on a pretty fun video at some point together. But really cool guy, really talented, and very funny, very, very smart. Um, So definitely go check him out. Say his name again. Ian Carnes. I'm listening. (laughs) Welcome. He also did a really funny thing, and he's posted some pictures about these. He lives in Ohio. Lives in, Cle- what? in Cleveland. What? Wasn't listening. You're fired. Carnas. C H A R N A S. Carnas. Okay. Okay. Cool. Charnas. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's a ballerina. Is that what you're saying? No. He lives in Ohio. Lives in Cleveland. Oh. And apparently, David, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can get a new driver's license picture every year. Oh. Oh, I need one. I have uh, I have the handlebar mustache <laughs> in mine, and I just look like a creeper. So you can get a new one there every year, and apparently they don't really care what you do. So he shows up every year f- to take his picture on his birthday. He's done this for like 14 or 15 years or something. And he dresses up like a different character and takes the pictures. So he was like pulling out these old IDs and showing them to, he has one where he's dressed up like, um, Gomez Adams. And he has like the little tiny mustache and a striped jacket. <laughs> he, he did That's one funny. where he was dressed up like, um, the singer from my chemical romance and, and just like a bunch of them. And they're hilarious. And they just, there are very few rules, I guess, in Ohio about what you can <laughs> and cannot do. I would feel so weird because, uh, there's a really, really close DMV to our house. And every time I go in there, there it, it is packed. There's a line out the door. People are grumpy. I couldn't imagine going there in like full suit and a character around all these grumpy people and then like taking my photo. Well, and so we asked him about that. We were like, when you go to the DMV, you have to sit there for like an hour or two waiting for your turn. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you just sat there dressed up like Gomez Adams yeah. for an hour? That's oh, funny. yeah. <laughs> I'll give everybody a little tip. If you go to a yeah. little tiny town yep. that no one's ever heard of outside of the big city, the DMV is four women mm-hmm. and one person yeah. waiting. So you immediately walk through the metal detector and you get to get service right away. And then you know how in those big cities where they're like, you don't have document number six, and then you fall through a hole in the floor and you have to start mm-hmm. the whole process over again? 
there they're like, you don't have document number six. You know what? Let me get a few. I'll fill it out for you. Uh, how do you spell your last name? You know, so it's just a much different service. And no waiting. Come to East Durham, New York. <laughs> Come to East Durham and make a driver's license. No waiting. Oh. No matter where you're from. I actually found yeah. a picture of his of his Gomez Adams. I'm going to send you guys a picture of this. <laughs> this is really funny. Anyway, he was a very cool guy. And um, I just subscribed. <laughs> oh, man. He's got some great stuff. Um, that's all I got. Those two. So, you guys got anything else for this week? Mm. We'll talk about car stuff in the after show. Ooh, car stuff. Oh, yeah. I actually have a question for you. I saw what you posted about your car. I want to know. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, if you're around, uh, I guess, tomorrow when this show comes out, come to Louisville. Come hang out with us. And uh, yep. we'll see you then. See ya. Love you.